أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين وصلى الله تبارك وتعالى وسلم على سيدنا محمد سيدنا وسندنا وحبيبنا وشفيعنا ومولانا صلى الله عليه وعلى آله وأصحابه وأزواجه وذرياته وأهل بيته ومن تبعهم بإحسان إلى يوم الدين وبعد الحمد لله we've reached this Mubarak 23rd night of Ramadan اللهم إنك عفو تحب العفو فاعفو عني اللهم إنك عفو تحب العفو فاعفو عنا اللهم إنك عفو كريم تحب العفو فاعفو عنا آمين So we continue with the story of uh, the life of Mawlana Jalaluddin Rumi رحمه الله تبارك وتعالى وأعلى الله درجاته آمين uh, as told by Mulana Sayyid Abu Hassan Ali and Nadwi Rahimahullah Ta'ala. And where we left off yesterday was that uh, uh, Shams Shams Tabriz uh, was forced to leave uh, the company of his disciple Rumi in Konya uh, because of the jealousy of uh, Mulana Rumi's uh, students. And so Mulana Rumi shut himself in and refused to see anyone and would uh, write uh, letters uh, back and forth with Shams Tabriz. Uh, and then finally, uh, he sent his son to conduct him back to Konya and he uh, uh, returned once more. So the next subheading, Mulana Sayyid Abul Hassan Ali Nadwi uh, writes, is that Shams Tabriz departs again. Rumi was overjoyed to see Shams Tabriz for the second time. All those who had been discourteous to Shams requested him to condone their mistakes. For a time, Shams and Rumi passed their time happily in spiritual and religious disquisitions, divine manifestations and ecstasies, and the fervor of Rumi's love for Shams increased with the passage of time. However, Rumi's disciples began to resent again uh, their neglect by Rumi as they had done before. Another incident happened in the meanwhile, which added fuel to the fire. Shams was putting up with his wife in an outer room uh, 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 of the house in which Rumi dwelt. Chalabi Alauddin, the son of Rumi by his second wife, used to pass through the room. Shams, whenever he visited his father, uh, 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 and uh, uh, used to pass through the door of Shams whenever he visited fa- his father, and this caused inconvenience to the sheikh. Shams politely asked Alauddin on several occasions not to do so which was, however, resented by him. Alauddin also uh, viewed with jealousy the affection showed uh, by Shams Tabriz to his stepbrother, uh, Sultan Walad. Uh, Sultan Walad is the one that uh, you'll remember uh, Mulana Rumi sent to carry his letters to Shams Tabriz uh, and to conduct him back uh, to Konya eventually. Uh, Alauddin also viewed with jealousy the affection showed by Shams Tabriz to his stepbrother, Sultan Walad. Therefore, uh, he gave vent to his feelings before such followers uh, of Rumi uh, as were inimicable uh, to Shams. So he basically found the, uh, the, the, the murids that had it in for him. Uh, they immediately seized the opportunity to malign Shams Tabriz and again raised a storm of protest against him. Shams Tabriz did not at first mention the matter to Rumi, but when the hostilities of these people increased, he alluded to his embarrassment in the form of an anecdote. He also hinted that this time he would slip away without leaving any trace of him. It appears from certain verses of Rumi that he was not completely unaware uh, of what was going to happen, 
for he had entreated Shams in some of his verses to give up the idea of deserting him again. However, the followers of Rumi again rose in opposition to Shams with the result that uh, he slipped away from Konya. Uh, Rumi says in a couplet that there be no room for any complaint. Suddenly he set, all, uh, he set out uh, uh, to quit them all. Uh, Rumi's impatience. When Rumi found Shams missing again uh, one morning, his distress knew no bounds. He immediately went to Sultan Walad, his uh, son, and cried out, Do you sleep? Get up and find out where uh, the Sheikh is. I find my soul uh, devoid of his fragrance again. Now Rumi started his search for Shams. He was now even more distressed than he had been earlier. He ceased all intercourse with those who had caused ill will to Shams and even forbade them to appear before him. Rumi says, The separation made him mad in love. Like Jonah, he became without a hearth or home. Uh, Jonah being the uh, English name for Yunus salam. A few days later, when his quest for Shams had proved fruitless, Rumi became even more restless. He now spent most of his time either in listening to uh, musical recitals or lamenting and raising a wail of woe for the departed companion. It was during this period that Rumi composed a number of beautiful and extremely touching lyrics expressing the agonizing pangs suffered by him due to Shams' separation. This was in the year 645 Hijri. Rumi was extremely anxious for Shams, especially because of the disturbed conditions in Egypt and Asia Minor and the tempest of rape and slaughter let loose by the uh, Tatar invasion. If anybody gave him the whereabouts of Shams, Rumi would be so pleased that he immediately rewarded him with whatever he could lay his hands upon, including even the garments that he wore at the time. Travels to Syria not being able to calm down his restless in his restlessness, Rumi set out before Damascus along with a few of his other companions in search of Shams Tabriz. He was received with honor by the scholars of Damascus, but they were surprised to learn that a person of his intellectual stature and erudition should be so agitated for any individual. Rumi could not, however, get any trace of Shams Tabriz in Damascus. When he was worn out of his quest for Shams, he remarked, Myself and Shams are not two. If he is like the sun, I am a particle. If he is like the ocean, I am a drop. For the particle is illuminated by the sun, and the drop owes its existence to the ocean. There is thus no difference between Shams and myself. Rumi returned to Konya from Damascus, but his restlessness did not abate. After a couple of years, he again undertook a journey to Damascus, but he returned, this time convinced that in reality he was himself Shams and that all his search for Shams was no more than a quest to find out his own self. After coming back from Damascus this, for the second time, Rumi gave up all hopes to meet Shams Tabriz again. Nevertheless, Rumi now experienced the same uh, effulgence of spiritual wisdom streaming in his own self, which he had sought in Shams Tabriz. Although Molana, on whom be the blessings of God, says Sultan Walid, his son, failed to find out the person of Shamsuddin, uh, at Tabrizi, whose fame may be spread by God uh, in Damascus. He found whatever he wanted from Shams percolating within his own veins. Now this is a really uh, interesting, interesting uh, turn of events. That what, that his love for Shams made him identify with him so much that he, 
basically said that uh, he was Shams. This is a, a concept uh, that the Sufiya talk about known as fana, uh, that a person should be completely annihilated in the thing that they seek. And our tradition is different than the Western philosophical tradition. This is a great triumph of the Western philosophical tradition that someone should say, kagito ergo sum, that uh, I think, therefore I am. Uh, the thinking process is a, an affirmation of the self. Uh, whereas, uh, as Dr. Iftikhar Shafi, uh, who I mentioned yesterday in the, uh, in, in the, in the majlis, who was kind of my first introduction to Molana in, in, in earnest uh, in his poetry, he says that uh, this is a completely different civilization than ours because ours, the, in ours the journey only begins with fana, meaning affirming the self is not like a big deal. Everyone is able to do it, even the animals are able to do it. And there's a lot of facade in affirming the self. Whereas the day that a person is able to dissociate from themselves uh, uh, to the point where the nafs no longer uh, has a seat at the table, uh, that is a Mubarak day and that's the day that the journey begins in earnest. And so what happens is that he's so agitated f uh, to find Shams that uh, he essentially identifies with him, that he thinks about him by day and by night, uh, and he identifies with him. And uh, this may be something uh, somewhat extreme. In fact, people may consider this to be uh, the act of a madman, the act of someone who's gone insane. And uh, what we say is this, is that the difference between this and insanity, because, you know, there could be uh, insanity that takes a form that resembles this. But the difference between this and insanity is what? Is that insane people don't uh, uh, then be guides that call and lead people to Allah Ta'ala and lead people to a, a higher spiritual state and illuminate uh, generations of people uh, in their hearts and in their spirits. That's not the work of madmen. The work of madmen is dysfunctionality. This is a form of hyperfunctionality, and it is in the fruit of the state that you see the difference between it and between madness. And, uh, uh, you know, inevitably there are many people who feign states like this. Or perhaps do go through states like this, but it's nothing but madness. And you won't find the barakah there. You'll find illness. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala heal them and give them khair, uh, give them good and ease their pain. But you won't find the barakah of guidance uh, through, through being mad. And there are some people who will meet madness uh, in such a path. Why? Because the sheer forces, emotional and spiritual, physical, they rip a person apart to the point where they enter a state known as jazb. Such a person is majzub. And a majzub is a person who just couldn't handle it. And so uh, they're the forces at play that pass over them in their spiritual path and in their seeking. It breaks them apart. Suffice to say, it's not the sunnah of the Prophet ﷺ for a person to seek to be majzub. Uh, and it is a sunnah to avoid it. If you're pushing so hard and that these stresses are ripping you so badly in so many different directions that you're about to fall apart, you should just take a break. You should calm down for a little bit, you know? Take a breather. Um, there's no point in, in killing yourself or harming yourself. The mind is such a thing once it falls apart. It's very difficult to put back together again. But such people do exist and sometimes 
and sometimes despite their um, despite their lack of intention in becoming majzub, sometimes they, they go there and they find themselves in these positions. And maybe we say, Allah Ta'ala, have mercy on those people who uh, found themselves brokenhearted and broken in other ways uh, because of his love and his sake. He'll take care of them. But uh, this is not what that is. This is not jazb. When he says that he is, uh, he is uh, Shams Tabriz, it means what? That he received the nisbah of Shams Tabriz and it, it became more and more powerful as the days passed. It became so strong in him at some point or another that that uh, he he felt that nur and his, that light that he felt in the physical person of Shamsi Tabriz, he felt it inside of himself. And then he spoke through that light and he spoke through that nur. And uh, what he spoke and what he wrote was wonders. And Allah knows best about what wonders uh, then were lying inside of the heart, which are a secret between the slave and the Lord. Sheikh Salahuddin, the gold beater. A few days after his return from Damascus for the second time, Rumi became again restless. He now promoted Sheikh Salahuddin as his confidant and chief uh, assistant. He was, in fact, elevated to take the place of Shamsi Tabriz, as Sultan Walad says. Uh, uh, Farozan uh, Far, uh, uh, writes uh, in a footnote, when Rumi became despaired of finding Shams, he turned his mind towards Salahuddin wholeheartedly. He nominated him as his sheikh and successor and appointed him as the leader of the seekers of God and instructed his friends and disciples to obey him. So, he was in fact elevated, the sheikh Salahuddin was in fact elevated to take the place of Shamsi Tabriz, as Sultan Walad says in these verses. After Shams Salahuddin became his helper in this design, his presence increased the illuminations and visions of the divine, for he learned the lore of, mysteri of the mysterious from him. Sheikh Salahuddin came from a poor family belonging to a nearby village. His father was a fisherman, while Salahuddin had himself taken up the profession of uh, pounding gold, of beating gold. Reputed as a trustworthy young man from his early days, he had been a disciple of Sayyid Burhanuddin. Remember Sayyid Burhanuddin was the, the, the preceptor that uh, Bahauddin Walad, the father of Rumi, uh, left, uh, to, uh, left the charge and the responsibility of Rumi's spiritual instruction to after he passed away. He had been a disciple of Sayyid Burhanuddin. After Sayyid Burhanuddin's death, he took the oath of allegiance with Rumi, whose closest associate he remained during the last 10 years of his life. He died on the 1st of Muharram, uh, 657. The elevation of Salahuddin as the most trusted disciple and spiritual successor of Rumi again made his other disciples and followers run amok. Now their complaint was that Shams was at least an educated person, but this man, who was a mere gold beater by profession, did not deserve to be the chief assistant of their respected teacher. They were amazed to see that Rumi held Salahuddin in such a high esteem, and this fired their envy again. However, when Salahuddin came to know of the tumult amongst his other disciples, he remarked, They deplore my selection as the chief associate of Mulana, but they don't appear to understand that Mulana is really in love with his own self. This is simply, uh, 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 this, uh, I act simply as a veil to conceal this fact. Now what does that mean? Because it's interesting why now, now, how is this person who was already there like become like Shams part two? And the secret of understanding that has to do with 
uh, understanding what fana is, what it means to be annihilated. Do you have your own self annihilated? That you have to make the object of your love someone other than yourself. And Shams was that that object of that love, and because of that, Molana received his nisbah and his fuyud, his the 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 spiritual blessings and outpourings that came from him. And uh, then afterward, he needed someone else to be the uh, uh, the object of his love. And so he found someone worthy of being loved in this poor, humble uh, 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 Sheikh Salahuddin, who was the uh, disciple of uh, his Sheikh as well, and someone who he saw goodness in. And through that, he uh, found a way of projecting his own spiritual power and his own light uh, uh, while depriving, uh, uh, depriving his own nafs, uh, the deprivation of which is a prerequisite to growing. Uh, spiritually, and the empowerment of which is a sum uh, qatil, a deadly and a lethal poison. And it's really interesting how these things work. You know, Sheikh Hashim one time told us a very interesting story about Molana Ilyas, Hazrat G. Molana Ilyas Kandlawi, the, the founder of and the first emir of this modern iteration of Tabligh that uh, when it was decided in the Mashra that there was going to be a markaz in Medina Munawwara, uh, which there was for quite some time. When that was decided, uh, many, many of the ulama who were Mu'ala Iyas's disciples and his companions, his associates, were kind of hoping that he would pick them because it's pretty sweet. Uh, 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 the work uh, of Tabligh is a beautiful work that you invite people toward the, the you know the deen of Allah Ta'ala uh, and obviously some, some people are better at it than others are but the concept the idea is a beautiful idea and only a person who loves the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam would that appeal to and so uh, there was some kind of uh, you know a little bit of hope uh, on the part of many people including Mu'ana Sayyid Abul Hassan Ali al-Nadwi and Mu'ana uh, um, I'm told uh, by Sheikh Hashim, also Moana uh, 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 Manzur Nomani, and a number of very scholarly figures. There's a hope that it would be, uh, it would be one of them. And finally, when the decision was made, uh, uh, the choice came from Moana Ilyas uh, for uh, the, you know, Imarat of Hijaz, uh, the work of Tabligh in Hijaz that it would go to uh, uh, Moana uh, 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 Saeed Ahmed Khan. And uh, for those who knew him, it was somewhat of a surprising discussion, uh, so somewhat of a surprise, surprising selection and choice, which is what? That he wasn't the most scholarly amongst them, nor was he the most well-spoken. Apparently, he also had to repeat a year in madrasa, so he wasn't, he wasn't like, you know, the most, uh, uh, you know, considered to be the genius amongst them. And there were a number of very pious people who were geniuses. And so when the selection was made public, um, Moana Elias kind of commented after, uh, afterward that, you know, I know you guys are probably wondering, why is it that I picked him? You know, like, what, it, what was it that made me pick him and not somebody else? He goes, uh, you know, this is a good, this is a good point. You know, it's a good, uh, you know, normal thing to wonder. He says because there are other people maybe more well spoken or more learned or whatever than him. He goes, there was one thing, one small thing about him that, uh, you know, made me think that he's really good for this, uh, for this position. 
uh, which is that when I see his life and I see the way he behaves, he reminds me more of the Rasul Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam than anyone else does. And, uh, you know, that's like, you know, for those of you who used to play video games in the old days, that was like Mortal Kombat. That was just a fatality. That's it. Like, finish him. Uh, he just, he's like, yeah, other than that, you know, I, I could see how you would wonder. But he just reminds me of the Rasul Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam more than any of you. So I think it's very beautiful that Sheikh Salahuddin, this kind of poor man who uh, is the son of a fisherman and who has like a trade, he, you know, he may be somewhat learned in the deen, but like he has to apply a trade in order to get by. Uh, but something Mulana saw in him, uh, and so he used him as basically his focal point in order to uh, uh, in order to take the spotlight off of his own nafs and keep growing spiritually. And then he himself was humble enough, and this is probably why he was picked, is because he had enough insight to understand this, that he would tell the people who would hate on him and uh, you know be his haters and, and trolls and jealous people. He said, they deplored my selection as the chief associate of Molana, but they don't appear to understand that Molana is really in love with his own self. Uh, I simply act as a veil to conceal this fact. Not that he's in love with his own ego, but meaning that his love, the thing that he loves, the object and the thing that he sees uh, that he loves, um, you know, it's there within him. Uh, it's not his self, but it's there within him. That's the whole. That's the whole beauty of fana is that it's not yourself, but it's within you. Because when you give yourself up for the sake of Allah, Allah replaces you, what you were with something else, but it's much better than what what you were in the first place. And so he he noticed this, which kind of makes a person think that yeah, I could see why he would pick someone like that. Mashallah, Allah Subhanahu wa Taala raised their rank, pure and pious souls. Allah Taala raised their ranks. And uh, give us uh, from the khair that he gave them. Amin. Chalibi Husamuddin. After the death of Sheikh Salahuddin, Chalibi Husamuddin, a uh, Turk, was nominated by Rumi as his chief assistant, confidant, and spiritual vicegerent in uh, the place of the deceased friend. Chalibi Husamuddin. Uh, had already occupied a distinguished place amongst the followers of Rumi, and for 11 years after the passing of his uh, spiritual superior, he acted as his successor, meaning he was the Khalifa of Mulan Rumi after Mulana passed away. He was a Turk belonging to Armenia and came of a respectable and influential family known as uh, uh, Ahi. Uh, Rumi sent whatever presents he received to Chalabi Husamuddin. Chalabi, I believe in Turkish, is a uh, an address term, a respectful address term for uh, and title for a scholar. Once Sultan Walid complained about it, but Rumi replied, By God, if a hundred thousand pious men were caught by trouble, and it were apprehended that the world would perish, and I only had a loaf with me, I would send even that too. The respected Chalabi. Rumi used to keep silent whenever Husamuddin wasn't present in his meetings. His followers therefore, therefore always tried to cause Husamuddin to be present in those meetings. Husamuddin had also paid uh, obeisance to Shams Tabriz uh, and Salahuddin from whom he learned the esoteric teachings. Husamuddin spent all his belongings on Rumi and ultimately emancipated his slaves as well. He was so cautious that he never used the water of Molana's bathroom for uh, ablutions out of respect for him and went out to his own house for the purpose of making wudu, even if it was biting cold. On the other hand, Rumi paid, uh, too paid such a homage to Husamuddin that one thought him to be a disciple of the latter. Which is beautiful, mashallah. Nowadays, I think people like, like the idea of, of a Sufi sheikh that gives everybody and 
you know, prefers other over himself. The point of the Shaykh preferring others over himself is because that's the Sunnah. It doesn't mean that you're supposed to go and like actually impose yourself on him and be like, hey, no, prefer me. Uh, that's not really how that works. The point of benefiting from a Shaykh is to be like him, not to uh, ride him until he, uh, ride him until he, uh, uh, you know, goes kaput. And uh, that seems to be like, you know, that sensibility is a sign of true love that the, dis- the dis- disciples who love the Shaykh most, they, they understand that, they pick up on that, and they're very sensitive to do those things that are helpful to their sheikh uh, and not do those things that harm him or wear him out. Why? Because as long as the sheikh is there, they'll keep benefiting. Uh, and once the sheikh is gone, uh, then uh, the well dries up and we ask Allah for his help. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us from the good of this world and the hereafter. Allah ta'ala let us give up uh, the nafs and give us something better in its place and its stead. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala have mercy on all of us uh, on this day and on every day and on the day most on the day that we meet him. Wa sallallahu ta'ala ala rasulihi Sayyidina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in wa salamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu.